When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. West Cork Beard Company make beard oil and beard balm for a strong, healthy, great looking beard handmade from all natural ingredients in Clonakilty West Cork check out their YouTube channel for beard care tips and advice or catch them online at westcorkbeardcompany.ie Good evening people and welcome to another episode of the same old Arsenal team talk I am your host as ever Mr. Dan Potts, and it is a pleasure to be back. Unfortunately, I wasn't about last week. I've been suffering with a horrendous ear infection, been on antibiotics and all sorts, but I am fully recovered now. Uh, so as uh, thanks for all the messages, by the way, and all the love. Literally got so much love from everybody on the YouTube world and the Twitter world asking how I was. The problem is, as soon as you're ill, everybody thinks that you've got COVID, but I did not have it, was attested, it was negative. I am all fit and healthy now and they're pretty much fully recovered. Uh, good evening to everybody in the chat room. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. I hope you're ready for this show. I've got an absolutely blinding set of panellists that have joined me this evening. As ever, my right-hand man on the same old Arsenal team talk is Mr. Manny Riz from the same, from sorry, the same, the Arse Brothers. How you doing, Manny? I'm very, very relaxed at the menopause. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good today, man. How are you? Yeah, man, as I say, much, much better now, man. I was struggling last week. I was not going to get on and international football wasn't exactly lifting me. I'm not going to lie, man. I did miss the uh, I did miss the Premier League football. So to have that back is good. But the way we're playing at the moment, which we're going to come into, doesn't exactly lift me either. But I'm all good, man. Thanks for asking, Manny. I'm pleasure to have you on as always. Also joining me, also joining me this evening, is Mr. Kenny Ken. Ken, it's been a while, man. How you been, bro? It's, uh, yeah, it, you know, I was 
you know, like I said, it was tops and turvy. I think the lockdowns affected us all. And then we had like the terrible news about, um, you know, um, Colin, you know, Colin Newell, you know, Heavy D. You know, I think it's not a lot of us for six. You know, people knew yeah. him really well because um, it's just, it's just like came out of the blue. And you know, it it was it was Wednesday was a bad day, and then we lost, um, you know, the greatest footballer that I've seen. Um, in my lifetime, um, Diego Maradona. So it's one of those things, you know, for fans who were part of the Arsenal community, losing Colin was um, was a kick, really hard kick. And then losing Diego Maradona, you know, like you could see, I could see why people in Argentina were having three days in the morning because I've never known many national icons, but he's he's it. He's probably he's probably bigger than the Pope in Argentina, but I want to sort of tackle you on what you just said about international football. How can you call <laughs> international football boring when Spain put in that exhibition of um, attacking, passing football, beating um, Germany, who who previous world champions in twenty fourteen? That is that is worth ten Premiership matches. Massive that turn up, wasn't it, Ken? Massive turn up. I did not expect that, and they absolutely oh. battered them. Spain always had that kind of performance. When you when Spain have got their backs to when they when there's a chance of not qualifying for a major tournament, they'll just go there, keep the ball, and once Spain once Spain have got you on the throat, they never let you go. And the thing about Spanish teams um, normally is they're not so much clinical, but that team it could have been twelve nil. It could have been twelve. Yeah, it really could have, man. It really could have, and it was a a massive shock, massive massive shock. Listen, boys. We always start with a quick topic to discuss. And in true same old Arsenal team talk fashion, I'm going to start with the mentality of this current crop of Arsenal players. And I want to talk to both Manny and Kenny Ken first, because I normally do a little spiel and a little monologue about what I believe. And I want to listen to you guys first, because there's a lot I think that's wrong with the mentality of this side. So without me saying much more about that, Manny, I'm going to come start with you first. What is going on, not just with the mentality of Arsenal this season, but with this current crop of players? That's the key point here, I think. Manny, what do you make of it, man? Oh, Pods, you've caught me at the perfect time to have this discussion, man. I've situated <laughs> myself in the bathtub with all the amenities around me to just relax and be in peace and serenity to tackle this question. The first question I have to ask back to you, Pods, is what mentality? Yeah. What, what mentality do these players have? Can they dig in? Can they fight? You know, can they secure top four under Emery? Can they beat Chelsea at Baku? All of that. They don't have a winning mentality. A lot of them, like I've said before, and like I said it on Arsenal's Extreme on Wednesday, they are losers. They will not achieve. They don't care about achieving. Losing or drawing against Leeds didn't mean... It wasn't... It didn't hurt them, Pots, right? You saw the mm. actions of Aubameyang. You saw the actions of Xhaka. People pulling Kieran Tierney away. There is no mentality within these group of players. When it gets hard, they stop running, they stop pressing, they stop doing everything and they just throw their gloves on the floor. So again, Potts, I've got to come back at you and say, what mentality? I don't and see it's a great, It's a great one to come back on me because I totally agree with you. And we have said for many seasons, Kenny, that we don't have leaders on this pitch. And it's a huge issue. It's a huge issue for me because 
the players that we are currently looking at at this moment in time, Ken, are Kieran Tierney, Bakayu Saka, Martinelli when he comes back, mm. all the youngsters that should be learning off of role models. I don't see many role models out there, Ken. What's your take on the situation at Arsenal in terms of mentality or in Maddie's case, weak mentality? Well, I think it's, it's something that we've been we've been accused of since um, two thousand and eight. That you know that the, the when um, Arsenal should have won the league in two thousand and eight, and when we played probably one of the best football I've ever seen, just as good as um, the team the team um, two thousand and two. But you know, if you look at them, our mentality cost us that title in two thousand and eight, and it's not changed since then. And, I, and yeah. I think I think I think that's one of the problems we have at Arsenal is that we have loads of players with experience, um, like David Luiz has got experience, William Borges has got experience, and you know Jack is the captain of Switzerland. But with all that experience we have at the football club, it seems like they they can't be proper leaders because they don't seem to be leading from lead from the front because they still have that weak mentality, especially in games, and no managers can change that. Um, Arsene Wenger, we accused Arsene Wenger of that. And then Unai Emery, someone who I got a lot of respect for, look what happened at Baku. That was that was just like a capitulation. And then we, we're now seeing it under um, Mikel as well, where there are sorts, where it is a sort of capitulation. I think the problem Mikel's got is that people talk about a process at Arsenal, right? and people like me are critical of him, and I, and I've... Oh, Ken, I've lost you, man. Oh, Ken, I've lost you. He will be back, yeah, yeah. I am sure. Hey, you're no, back, you're back, I'm, you're back. I'm back. I was never going. No, say, say if um, Mick Arteta, right, played the youngsters, right, played your Martinelli's, you know, your Smith's Rose, um, your Balligans and everything, and he got the group cropping lunches and he went up to us, right, I'm going to wait for these lunches to grow. Then you probably think, yeah, this is a process we can look look forward to. But... And then you get some experienced players with the right mentality. I think the problem with Arsenal is that everyone sees Arsenal as easy street. There's no way David Luiz and um, William Bosch would dare do that at Chelsea because their mentality is that even if we, have, if we have a draw, it's like a funeral in the Chelsea general dressing room. Drawing, not losing, drawing. Petr Cech used to talk about that. And I think it's the whole Arsenal mentality is that we don't want to win no more. But... I think the trouble with Arsenal is that we've got, we got av- everything Arsenal's average. Average players. At the moment, the Bosch is average. The CEO is average. The um, Edu's average. And unfortunately, what's happening now is that you've got pundits representing Arsenal. People like Ian Wright, you know, Laura Woods, Ke- you know, and people like um, Martin Keown. They're average. And what's happening is that they're permeating it towards the fan base. Because what's happening now is that fans are using words like, well, no, no, no one's got a divine right to win football matches. You know, let's trust the process. But the process started in 2018, not 2019 when Mikel took over. So what's happening now is that our standards are really low. So if you, if you start really low and your standards are really low, that gives you about two or three years in a job in a, at a big club. This is Arsenal Football Club. And that's the problem. The whole mentality is not the players. It's the whole football club and people represent it. And they're spreading it towards the fans. 
Yeah. Listen, it, 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 you make bring up some great points, Ken, and I want to touch on one that you brought up from back in 2008. We have seen players be mentioned of late, like the Cesc Fabregas, who came out in an interview last year and said that he was crying when we were losing football games and everybody else would go and have a restaurant meal. We've seen Bellerin come out and say that Alexis Sanchez wanted to win too much mm. and that he had understood that he, that was not going to happen. So this does, you're right, this does not start this season. This has been going on for a very long time. My question to you, Manny, is what needs to change? And do you take what Ken said about it going right the way back to most of our Emirates kind of era, I'd say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. What needs to change? Get rid of the cliques. Get rid of the factions. Get rid of the sheep. And at the minute, we have more sheep than we have leaders. The men that are supposed to be you know, taking us forward, the, the men on the front line, they are cowards and they are followers. Pots. That's what they are. So at this point in time, I'm not waiting until the, you know, July and the, you know, and then at the 2021 transfer window. I want it to start in January. I'm sick of the sight of a lot of these players. Sick of them. The only one who's just shown that he's got any form of mentality is Kieran Tierney, right? He's mm. the he's the biggest winner in this in this club at the minute. We have two World Cup winners who are useless. We have a captain who scores goals, but he's lazy. We have a number nine who doesn't want it. We have a Willian who I didn't want anywhere near the football club because he is a, he represents everything that we've been doing wrong at the Emirates era since 2006. Yet here we are. We're not piling on men. We are bringing in sheep and players who have given us the same sort of problems over the years. So what do you do? Start January. You start to let them go now. Enough of it. It's time men came through the door at Arsenal. Man. Not, this, not this, not this mess. I could not agree more. Unfortunately for me, I can't see much happening at the moment in January in terms of outgoings. I just don't see it. I think there's a lot of players at this club that are more than happy to sit here for the next six months on the money they're on and then find a new club in the summer. But I do think there'll be something that happens in terms of incomings. And there's a lot of rumours about Dominic Sabashlai from Salzburg. Mm. There's a lot of rumours about Christian Eriksen even that I heard the other day. There's some rumours about, I've heard Fabregas on loan. So as much as I don't believe in all those rumours, Kenny, there's certainly a kind of running theme here that there is potentially room for a attacking or creative midfielder, do you think, in January? Well, see, the thing is, going back to your point, you're saying that the, the problem is, right, is that we've tried everything, right? We've tried bringing players who have got excellent reputations elsewhere, but there's this mentality. They're going to come here and they're going to they're going to be part of this manager. They're going to think, oh, God, this is easy street now, and that's a and, and that's a problem with it. Which and that, until you get rid of the root of the problem, then these players can't thrive. The problem, and that you you look at you look you know what I say is average people at the football club, right? Yeah. Any other club, right? These players, right? At the last year of their contract, right? With any football club, we've just gone to them and said, "Mate, that's it. Off you go. Here's your here's your cash. Speak to your agent. Just get out." Or what yep. you do is you say to them, "Right, you're finished. You train with the kids. Get lost." And manage anyone with that mentality at the football club would do that. At Arsenal, which is too nice, had their Mustafi um, refuse. Uh, an extension and say, I'm going to see, my, see out my contract. How dare you? How dare Ms. Ozil um, decide to, you know, say, oh, I'm going to sit in my contract and there's nothing you could do about it. Hang on, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not a Wigan, we're Arsenal Football Club. You, no, 
if we had the big club mentality and we were ruthless enough, this wouldn't happen. You know what I mean? And I think that's the problem with we're getting all these players in January and blah blah. You're talking about Frances Fabregas, you know, maybe having them online and blah blah. But again, if you're trying to move forward, we're we're we we we're, we're um, getting upset about Chelsea players on the last list of their contracts coming to <laughs> Arsenal on Easy Street. All right, Sess has prayed for us, but that's 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 the same sort of thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. And, and you're uh, right, mate. And the same with uh, you know, um, Ericsson, who yeah, we play we could do it, but again, you know what I mean? We're not gonna see the Ericsson of Pot under Pochino that worked works his uh, nuts off. He's gonna come into a dressing room where he's gonna be invaded with really. his these people with poor mentality and poor and questionable character. Yeah, I think you make great points. And I think Dominic Shabashlai would be a fantastic player, in my opinion, from Salzburg due to the player being on form and having the sort of stats that we, be- I believe that we are lacking. He would give us some creativity. He would give us some uh, kind of young, vibrant type of player that I believe that we lack personally in those positions. Does play wide left, but can play number 10, can play in an, in an eight and three midfield. I think he would be a great addition personally. £23 million release clause that apparently I'm being told can be paid over a three-year period. That's the sort of deal I think Arsenal will be more than happy to pay. So I hope somebody like that does come in the door. But the same problem is that we are stuck with this weak mentality with the Granite Chackers and the Bellerins and the Lacazettes of this world that have been playing at this club for almost four to six years, some of them. I mean, Ozil's been here nearly seven now. So I look at that situation and think it's time for change. Moving these on in 2021 will be the best thing that could have ever happened to the club. And let's get new players in that are more young and vibrant. We're going to move on to the new uh, game at the weekend. But I just want to touch on what we thought or are currently thinking of what Mikel Arteta is doing. Manny, I'll come to you. The last time we spoke on here was two weeks ago and we said we wanted to see change in the Leeds games. We saw it. We saw change. We saw a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3, whatever you want to call it. And the same old stuff was happening. We had same players not performing. We had lack of creativity, lack of goals, missed chances, can't finish our dinner yet again. What is it that's going wrong at the moment for Mikel Arteta and this current Arsenal side, mate? Man, I don't believe he has the players to play, you know, the, the structure that he wants. Immediately when you have Granit Xhaka in midfield, Potts, you know that you're going to be, whoever's partnering him is going to have to do three jobs because Xhaka is, is basically useless. He put yeah. Joe Willock in the 10 in order to have that link between the forwards and the midfield. And that didn't work because all Leeds did was sit somebody on him. And then with the, Willock didn't have a great game, but what he showed was an ability to run with the ball. Yeah. And what was hilarious to me is that he was going into areas where Willian should be vacating and it's Willock telling him to move out of the way. You know? So he's not finding the solutions, Arteta, at the minute. But then when you look at what the solutions are and what they may be, it's either inexperienced or they're not good enough. This squad is not good enough. It is riddled with weak players who are technically deficient. And they just don't have it. Pots. They don't have it. So the common denominator in, in, in you know our failures in the last season or so is the players. Is them. They haven't changed. Go back and look at the starting lineup at Baku. Has it really changed? Go back and look at it. Just the starting lineup. No, nobody on the bench. Have a look at it and tell me how, how it's changed. And you see why we are where we are. So the first thing, the common denominator, 
change the players. I believe Arteta has a plan, but the execution from these people is awful. Pots, it's awful. No, you're damn right. And I looked at the Baku side and I look at the squad and I think we have still got Meza Ozil in training. We've still got Socrates. We've still got Kalasinac. We've still got Bellerin. We've still got Lacazette. We've still got Granit Xhaka. You know, we have to accept that these players are not good enough. But on Thursday, last night, sorry, Kenny, we saw some of the youngsters come through and we saw a different energy in the second half and a different drive going forward. We saw players like mm. Smith Rowe getting in front of Balogun and the strikers. I was really impressed with some of them. Should we now try and hope that Arteta moulds some of these youngsters in, potentially maybe even at the weekend? Well, that's the, that's the thing about it is what I was saying earlier. People say... Trust the process, trust the process, trust the process. And so like me, who's sceptical about the manager's methods and has been critical, I would have liked someone else to have um, got the job prior to him. The, prob- the, pro- the, thing, the thing with me, if he was promoting these youngsters and playing these youngsters, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go about the business and keep your mouth shut. But the, and, and that's the problem, is, is that one of the things about Mick Arteta's got, he's doing now, I should... I shouldn't notice his inexperience, but because of what's happened in terms of his methods and in terms of like team selections as well, I'm noticing experience because what he's doing now is that the things you're mentioning about moulding his youngsters, not only has he got a situation where we're very like, um, we're weak down our right hand side, especially in defensive areas, as we, with the, we've, we've managed to go from one stream to another, like we're not on the ball enough, we're not in possession. So players like Pepe, I'm not, you know, I'm not putting a, a position where they can play their best football because we're not on the ball, we're not dominating possession. We also got other issues. One thing that Mikel Arteta's got as well, there's a man management issue as well that is that it's finding its ugly way, and you can see that with these young players as well. He's asking Balogun to sign a new contract, yet again, where let's face it, we knew we were going to win. He's he's given them the last ten minutes. Like it's gone well. He scored his goal, and Smith Rowe's coming on blah blah. But in terms of like progressing them, we've got a very friendly group in um, in Europe. This is where you where we need to have a look at these players, and we have to see can this manager get the best out of these players? Can he, you know, to move forward? Because it's highly likely now that we're going to have to use we're going to use them alongside a bit of experience. We'll have money to spend, but. Who knows what competition we're going to be in? Are we going to be able to attract these players? Are we going to have to pay over the odds for these names you're mentioning? Because you know what the situation is. If clubs see how desperate we are, they're going to put the prices up. The players think, OK, I want to live in London, but I ain't going here. I want to, I want to get what Aubameyang's getting because I'm not playing the Europa League. So there's all these sort of issues where we need to look and see if Bella Gallagher's a player there. Because, you know, the way a lot of Arsenal fans are talking about Balogun, you know, it could be a Harry Kane. You know how much money um, Spurs are safe from by having Harry Kane coming through. I mean, I say, I mean, he saved about hundred million pounds, didn't he? Oh, easily, easily. And hopefully, like Bally can do that. But we won't know that until we that there. And and that's the problem it's got. The results are going against him in the league. You know, he's having a situation where he's not sure about certain players, so he's playing defensive first football. These are. This is not going to help Arteta. Because the chief executive has told, said that we've got to get in the Champions League or win the Europa League. And all this time that Mikel thinks he's got, he's mistaken. He really is. Doesn't matter what Laura Wood says, 
and what Martin Keown says and what Ian Wright says and all these people in the media like, you know, Miss Reddy and everyone and Karen Carney, doesn't matter. We're in the results business, Dan. Mm, absolutely, man. You're, you're spot on there. We do it need matter. Champions League football. It doesn't, doesn't matter what I say. It's not, it's, not, it's not my decision where he goes. I, I'm telling you that I, I have reservations about his methods and I have reservations about the appointment in the first place. But that's not to do with me. I don't make decisions, but someone else will. You know what I mean? And remember, let's forget it. He's not the head coach. He's the team manager now. So there's a lot of there's accountability as well. You know what I mean? There is me, and do you know what I've I've been I've been asking questions for the last few weeks about Mikel Arteta, and I think I have a right to do that as an Arsenal fan when I'm questioning some of his methods and some of his substitutions and the way that he's treating some of these players. I'm not quite sure what Maitland-Niles has to do to get back into this side. Yet Bellerin plays every week. I'm not quite sure why we've not tried Maitland-Niles in midfield. I think that would be a, an option. I'm not sure that Joe Willock has actually been given the treatment that I believe he deserves. But yet we see Willian in the team every week. We see Lacazette up top every week. We see Bellerin. We see Chaka coming in. These players that he seems to have loyalty to are still Arsene Wenger players. Now, I'm going to bring the team up that I think he's going to pick on Sunday. And this is nowhere near the team that I would come close to. But from injuries and through Thursday night, I believe that we're going to see something similar to this. Now, I'm going to share my screen and I'm going to bring this team up so that everybody could see it because I think it's important. I personally believe he's going to go back to his old ways. I'm not so sure, personally, we are going to see much different to this. And I'm going to read the tea out, tea, uh, team out for audio listeners. I think Leno will obviously remain in goal and our back four will be the same that it was against Leeds. I think Bellerin will be our right back and I think Tierney will be our left back. I personally believe that we'll have a back two and we'll go four at the back with Gabriel and Holding. OK, Gabriel left centre back, Rob Holding right centre back. Thursday night was interesting. I've heard that El Nenny is still recovering from coronavirus, but is back fit. But I'm not sure that he's going to go straight back into that side. No news on Thomas Party for me yet to know that if he's fit or not. But I believe this game will be one too soon for him. And I hope he's back in time for Spurs. So that leaves the Granite Chakas and the Danny Ceballos of this world to both play. And I believe they will do on Sunday. Chaka came off last night, 60 minutes gone, because I believe he's going to be playing on Sunday. I believe personally that Bukayo Saka will play in the hole like Joe Willock did against Leeds. Whether you want to call that a number 10 or a third in midfield, I personally feel that's the position that Saka will be playing now, as long as he's recovered from his dead leg that he come off at Leeds, because we're told that's not a big injury. I think that front three, unfortunately, that we are going to see is going to be Willian back on the right, Lacazette through the middle and Aubameyang on the left. And when I look at that team, I'll come to you first, Manny. I become a little deflated. After Thursday night, I see the likes of Reese Nelson, Joe Willock pick it up in the second half. Mate, the Nars I thought was great. Obviously, we talked about Smith Rowe and Balogun from what Kenny Ken was touching. I feel like some of those deserve perhaps a start, particularly Reese Nelson on the right-hand side. But I don't know if you agree or disagree with that team, Manny, but is that a bit deflating when you look at that lineup? The only thing I had to do is look at that midfield and I feel like crying. I feel like crying tears of pain, bro, when I see, you know, the unathleticism, when I see, you know, the, the retardation of, of, of Granit Xhaka still in this side. It bothers me, Pods, just by looking at that midfield. This team's not good enough. It's not good enough, and I hope that like as it doesn't go like as it that setter doesn't go with a team like this because this is awful. This is this is awful. Wolves will pick us apart. You play this team, just the midfield alone. We're not strong enough in there. We're not create. We are creating chances, but the front three, first of all, 
They don't move. They have no movement about them. They are static. They are lazy. They are slow. And when we do create chances, they fluff them. That's what they do. This team doesn't fill me with any confidence, right? I would have a reason to start over William because it's time Arteta held some of these players accountable for their crap performances. And William has been trash. Can't have him in the side. He doesn't do anything. He's a structured player, but... What You're right there, money. <laughs> it me. I have no no idea what that is, but I, I totally agree that. with you, man. I totally yeah, agree man. with you there. When, and... when he has a structure player, bro, you play him when you, mm. you when you're way to United and you want him to do a job in front of Bellerin. You don't put a Pepe in front of a Bellerin because Pepe is not going to do anything defensively to help a Bellerin. You know what I mean? So that's what mm. that's in the game that you play a William. You don't play him when you need to go and win a game because he doesn't do anything. A lot of these front three are not doing anything. They are worst players this season for a reason. Pots, they don't move. They don't give us enough. This, yeah, this doesn't fill me with confidence at all, mate. No, you're damn right. Uh, Mr. Kevin Campbell is in the house. KC, how you doing? He says, all the very best, Dan. Good show as always. And respect to the guests, especially Kenny Ken. Thank you very much for hey, joining Kevin. us. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> hey, Kevin, by the way, I know you're watching. I mean you as well. I mean you as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I left you acts. I like you. I, I don't. I don't. But all, all the rest of them, right? You, you know, you're 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 trying to get us to um, talk about a process and a process. But you know, Kevin, results business, and you're not telling the public the truth, Kevin. <laughs> there we go. You've been telling, not told off there, KC, by uh, Mr. Kenny Ken himself. Uh, <laughs> Ken, let's come to you quickly before we invite on our Wolves guest. Uh, what would you do with this side? Because I'm looking at this 11 at the moment and the front three is not filling me with any joy whatsoever. Am I right in saying that Thursday night, Arteta's got some question marks and some solutions that are right in front of him? I looked at Reese Nelson and thought he played really well. He was sharp. Yeah. He looked to me to be deserving a place over Willian. Obviously, we've got the, uh, the likes of Balogun and the likes of Smith Rowe. What would you do with this front three, Kenny, now that Pepe is out for three games? Yeah, Pepe's that three games. Um, sat a report, right? Oh, it's, all right. Then what, what you do is that you, you, Reese Nelson comes in the team, but you know you won't play Reese Nelson. He's going to play William Bosch because he doesn't trust um, um, Reese Nelson. But what I'll do, <laughs> what I'll do, right, is that I'll play. Uh, I'm not a big fan of a Bamiang in in centre forward, but if but if you know, say I was a betting man, I'll just say right. Reese Nelson on the on the on the right hand side, get Saka forward on the left, and play Bamiang in, in a centre forward, and just get some runners around him. But the problem we've got we've got right now is that we're not like Liverpool. Liverpool don't have a creative player, by the way. But what Liverpool what Liverpool do is that they condense the play. They make sure that they win the midfield battle, and by winning the midfield battle, what they do is they press from the front. So that what happens? That enables Robertson, Alexander Arnold to bomb forward. When they bomb forward, what happens is that they have Coutinho pulls out, pulls out, says defenders come here, follow me here. The defenders follow. That leaves little pockets of space for Mane and Salah, or sometimes you know Yota. We don't have that sort of players. We yeah. we do have those sort of players. But we don't have that sort of mentality. And that's got to come from the coach as well. He's not a bra- he's not being brave now. What what he what he's doing is he's making us 
a counter-attacking side. So what will happen is that when we beat West Ham and Sheffield United, it was a smashing grab at the Emirates. You know what I mean? Mm. And I think that's the thing with the whatever personnel you play, it's the mentality. Is like you know he knows there's a weakness down the right hand side, our right hand side, and he knows that. Pre, I think what's happened, he's been scarred by watching Arsenal teams. You know the PlayStation goals we used to give away. You know what I mean? We don't yeah, do that anymore. No we just give away goals in the overload. Like for instance, teams now no, don't put crosses in because Bellerin, no sorry, Holding and Gabriel are going to head it out. So what they do is they play on the floor, little movement, blah blah. And I think that's where the bridge of the gap. You've got to realise one thing. We are teams are allowed to attack us. But what we need to do right now is that defending isn't great anywhere in this league. There's a lack of goals. Remember, we've only scored was it nine goals this season? Yeah. Be on a, if we if we if we want to get ourselves in a run of games, win games, lovely to have clean sheets, but we've got to be on that front foot. We need to have a situation where there has to be where our midfield have to be on on the first press, get Tierney and Bellerin bombing down forward. Now, if Bellerin can't do it, off you go, get someone else who can do it. Because yep. right now, they're not, they, they, they are killing our creativity. Well, Bellers is, because he, he does it occasionally, but he needs to be doing it. Boom, 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 boom. Down the, down, down the left down, boom, boom. That way, you get you make more space for Oba. You make more space for, for the front three, even Lacker he plays. That's a, because what's happened is that Lacker and Oba don't have to come in and get the ball. You get there, condense the space, occupy the force, you create great spaces. It's simple. I don't understand why, why we've got this straitjacket in tactics with this, with this coach. You know what I mean? With three points for a win. We don't get, it's not like the 1980s, 1980 where you got two points for a win. Three points for a win. Get on the attack. Even I'm saying, I love the good defending. Listen, you're right, Ken. You are right. And at the moment, it does, as a few people in the chat agreeing, that it looks very negative at the moment and scared of losing. I am delighted, however, to be inviting you all to our opposition uh, podcast panellist, Wolves fan, Alex. Alex, how you doing, bro? Yeah, not bad, guys. How are you? Yeah, we're good, man. We're good. And we're looking forward to Sunday, but I'm not so sure that we should be the way that we've been playing. But is it fair to say, Alex, that going into this game, this is two sides that aren't really scoring three or four goals uh, every week at the moment? Um, I don't know how things have been as a Wolves fan. Um, I don't watch Wolves every week like you. I do watch them all match of the day, but I'm not seeing three or four nil wins at the moment. And Wolves have the ability to do that on a good day. So how have things been for uh, you Wolves fans this season? Yeah. No, you're absolutely spot on. Um, it, it, it's it's kind of you've we've had the euphoria of the last season and and, and the Europa League run and and whatnot and back to back seventh place finishes. Uh, it, I wouldn't say they've hit a wall, but they've just they've just kind of um, you know you're you're talking about about you guys. You're not creating a lot of chances. You, you're defensively really strong, but it's going the other way. You're having issues. We're exactly the same. Um, defensively, we've looked. Apart from getting absolutely smashed at West Ham when when everybody had a bad day and and they shipped four and they were all over the place. Um, apart from that, they've looked defensively pretty sound. Um, but it's going it's going forwards. They're, they're, I'll give them credit where it's due. There's been some games lately. Um, Southampton in midweek, they drew one one. They created a fair few chances in that game, but they kept missing them. Um, 
other games, however, it's either been a similar story where they're creating half chances and you think that'd be a good goal if it goes in, but you're kind of hoping rather than expecting them to score or they're not creating a, a lot. Some of the, some of the forwards, you know, Jimenez gives you a lot, but if he's not at it, you do kind of worry now where the goals are going to come from, um, given they, they sold Doherty last summer and, and sold Jota to Liverpool, our second and third highest scorers last season. Sold them both and hadn't really replaced them. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, I mean, listen, I, I thought that was the signing of the season for Liverpool. I really did. I think he suited their style. I think Diogo Jota is a player that Klopp will get the best out of. And it looks to have just settled in like he's been there for three seasons and continued his good form. But what I will say about Wolves is you've got a manager who seems to know how to organise. And you've never been a team that's lost, you know, six or sevens. You know, you've always been a team that's been hard to beat. And is it fair to say, Alex, coming to the Emirates over the last couple of seasons, it's been okay for you boys. You've not really been played off the park. Uh, we've not spanked four or five past you. I think last season was a draw. If I remember in the season before that, I believe you beat us. So are you confident going into this game on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, they're very much now. I mean, I remember, you know, when we've been promoted in the past and, and you go to places like the Emirates or Old Trafford and you go expecting to lose. You know, you don't you don't think you're going to get anything out of the game. It's, it's a good day out if you get something that's a bonus and you just don't want to get hammered. I think since, we, since we've been promoted two seasons now this time, we don't go anywhere fearing beat, getting beat. You know, we might lose. We, we might well get turned over. But it's very rare we go anywhere and we think, right, we're going to get played off the park today. We can't give these a game. Even even going to Anfield or Trafford, the Emirates, the Etihad now. You know, we've, we've shown in the last two years that we can perform at this level. Um, and so and so I think they will go, you know, despite their own hit and miss form and struggles for goals, they will go and they will they will go fully with a game plan that they can get a result and they can come home with three points. I don't think, you know, Arsenal, this isn't the Arsenal team of of you know 15 years ago or or even under Arsene Wenger 10 years ago when they were still full of flair and you know you scored goals, twos, threes, fours, but you did concede. It's now a very different Arsenal that's, that's much more solid, much more functional. And and I think that's what this game will be. This game will be a game between two functional sides and perhaps it'll be one moment of inspiration. And and I don't think Wolves go there thinking, well, it won't be our day. They'll, they will hope that they have got that, that man up front, whether it be Jimenez, Neto, Traore, who on the day can do something to get that winner. Yeah, listen, I think everything you said there is spot on. Um, I want to ask you before I move on to Manny and both Ke and Kenny Ken, I want to ask you about Arsenal because I know you're not somebody who probably watches Arsenal every single week, but from what you've seen so far, you say that we're a lot more kind of disciplined in terms of our defending and we're not quite the same free-flowing football that you've seen under Arsene Wenger. But what have you made of our season start and what have you made of Mikel Arteta? I'll be honest, um, after the successes of last season, I, I had you tip for top four because I thought I saw the progression was there and I thought it, they would be, he'd made them defensively so resolute, you know, the FA Cup, the semi-final and the, and the final, I thought that was a perfect building block for him to then really kick on and go forward. Um, it, just, it just hasn't really happened in that regard. I think defensively, Gabriel's outstanding signing for me. Um, he, he wins everything in the air. He's decent with the ball as well. He's quick, he's strong, he's aggressive. Uh, him him and Tierney really shore up that left side. I think that is a, a terrific pairing that's going to stand you in good stead for the next five, six years. Um, and and around that, you know, party in, in midfield is, is terrific. I mean, he does everything, anything you want a midfielder to do. Um, 
but as, as I said, it's that that functional element. I don't think they've really kicked on in the attack. I don't, I don't think he quite knows what his best attack is at the moment. Um, he knows he knows he's got to get a Bamiyang in the positions, but it's whether do, do you play him from the left so he's getting into the positions? Does he play up front as the central guy? I don't think it's helped really, but maybe Lacazette has in the last 12 months maybe been a little bit off the pace or whatnot. Um, and obviously there's been, you've had Pepe on the right, it's taken him a, a time to really settle in. Williams there now as well. Um, so I think that, I think you have to separate it in that defensively he's done an outstanding job. He's built a real backbone and they're really strong. It's now can he add on that extra layer at the top to to turn the side back into top four contenders and to get enough goals? Um, can he find that balance? Well, mate, I tell you what, Alex, considering you're not an Arsenal fan, what you've thought there is a lot of sense and you're pretty much spot on with what a lot of us fans are saying at the moment. I really do say that and I'm not joking. What I'm going to do, though, before I bring the two boys in, I'm just going to bring up the team that you said that you think it's going to be in terms of walls. I'm going to ask the boys what they think about it and if they're scared of some players because you certainly do have some players here that are going to cause us some serious problems. Um you believe, obviously, Ru Patricio will be in goal. A back three of Bolly, Cody and Kilman. I think Kilman, by the way, has been very good. Uh, then Donker and Nevis in the middle. Uh, full-backs of uh, Semedo and... Is it Eight Nori? I'm not quite sure if I'm saying that correctly, but Eight yeah, Nori. I, um, I think. Eight Nori uh, at the left. And then, of course, you've got a front three of Neto, Jimenez and Podence, who I think is an outstanding talent, by the way. Uh, Kenny Ken, let's come to you first. This wolf side here... Where are the dangers and how do we try to keep them quiet, mate? Hello, sorry about that. That's all right. Yeah. Go on, mate. Yeah, I think I think when I look at Wolves, when I look at Wolves, one of the things that I, I do like about Wolves is the is the two players, um, Martinho and um, and Neves, because it's they what they do is they give you control in midfield. And but one of the the players that's impressed me a lot on um on Monday was Pedates. Yeah, uh, great player. And I think when you look at Pedates now, he plays in that position that scares me. You know how we're very poor down our right-hand side? Very. And you know you know what I'm going to say, don't you? In terms of the little overloads where, yeah. we've, got, where, where we've got Bellerin and we've got Rob Holding, who's not a, who's, his best position is a left, left-sided um, centre-half, not the right-sided centre-half. And you know, like these guys don't exactly put these guys when they put crosses in, it's accurate. But they they're more than happy to play on the form and to kind of um, cancel out um, Gabriel and hold his strengths. And that worries me. That left hand side, and and you know, so and that, and that's where I think the dangers are going to come from. And then if Wolves are struggling, they can always bring on um, Triore as well, you know, to push us back. You know what I mean? But what, I think, I think you know what I think Wolves are probably going to miss a trick, right? And Alex probably going to agree with this, right? <laughs> I just hope you don't. I hope um, Nuno, um, Nuno Spirito Santo doesn't play a Traore down the right-hand side with his pace. Because <laughs> if, if he does, and then there's a little overload, <laughs> overload we're going to be dead. I just pray, I press play that um, if um, Traore comes on, it's on the right-hand side. I must admit, I was extremely surprised that I have not seen a lot of Adama Traore. And before I come to Manny, I'm going to touch on that, Alex, because I think this guy 
it's got the potential to be very, 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 very dangerous. And when he does play well, he's unplayable. What's been going on with him and why is he not making uh, many games at the moment? Yeah, it's a, it's a weird one because he's, he's kind of fallen out of, out of favour at Wolves at the same time as he's made his breakthrough with the Spain team. Um, he's, he's been called up to, to their last few squads. He's got his first, first I think, four or five caps now. Um, and he's, he's made that breakthrough, but he, he just... I don't think whether there's something going on behind the scenes or or whether he's just not quite doing what Nuno wants him to do. Um, he's been out the side pretty much since the start of the season. Um, Neto and Pedenza both have been preferred. Um, that, that was a thing that kind of carried on from the end of last season that, that Traore came to the team and he him and Jimenez struck up his partnership and were doing so well. And it kind of knocked Jota's nose out of joint. And and when we played Sevilla in the quarterfinal of Europa League, Jota didn't get off the bench uh, because him and him and Traore just didn't quite work and didn't quite mesh together um, in the same lineup with Jimenez. Um, since then, things have, have changed a little bit. Jota's obviously gone. Neto's come in, and he he's done outstandingly well. And Pedence has made a little space for himself. And at the moment, they're just the guys being preferred. I think Neto gives him a little bit more uh, overall energy, gives him a bit more defensively. And Pedence is really clever, really sharp, good little movements. Um, I think the, the big thing with Traore is he he's absolutely terrific. You've just got to get him the ball to feet so that he can then run with it. He isn't gonna he isn't gonna go and and run past people to get onto a loose ball or to get on a through ball. That's the that's the real big thing missing from his game. He just he just doesn't quite have that knack. Um, but as Kenny says, you give him the ball to his feet and let him just run. It's so difficult to stop. You, you've, you've just got to foul him because there's no other way. You've got to get two or three men around him or, or you've just got to foul him. Yeah, I think you're right. Manny, before I come to you, there is always a Spurs fan in the chat. There is always a Tottenham fan. Are you guys looking forward to the North London derby? And do you honestly think you have a chance of winning? We Spurs are a different animal this year. Well, the Irish did listen. You are going to tune in next Friday because we have got an Arsenal Spurs North Bank, uh, North London Derby, sorry, special. So tune in then and we will see you there. But thanks for watching an Arsenal podcast. <laughs> Much appreciated. Uh, Manny, Wolves, back to Wolves. How do we take three points here, bro? Because this is a side that I've always had a lot of respect for, certainly since they've been in the Premier League. Oh, well, I'm going to start by replying to that Spurs fan first and foremost. <laughs> I thought you might. Of course you knew I was going to, man. They say the same things every year. Spurs are a different animal. This is our year. This fan base has the biggest memory loss I've ever seen in my life, man. They <laughs> never seem to remember that this is always the same conversations that they have every year. This is our year. And then they're going to end up with nothing yet again. So anyway, moving moving on from, you know, from that. How we win that game is you score early. You make Wolves come out of their shell, you know. You know they're going to be playing in a deep block, ready to, to pounce and then get on the counter-attack. So you get players in there that are able to break down those structures, break down those deep blocks, and those are runners. And that, that, that's not a midfield of Shaka and Ceballos because they will lose that midfield battle. They lost their against Leeds, you know, just by being unathletic and just with their unwillingness to run and to get in there and to get stuck in. Even though I believe Ceballos had a good game, he still gave the ball away a few times. You know, he wasn't great. So you score early against Wolves, you get them coming out of their shell, and you pick them apart. Do I believe we're going to do that? 
I, I think the predictions are coming next, right, Pots? So yeah, they are, yeah. We'll discuss that then, man. <laughs> yeah, we will. Uh, Ken, um, likewise, same question, really. Um, how are we going to get three points? Do you believe that Manny's right in terms of trying to sneak that early goal and let Lee Wolves come at us? Oh, you know, Manny was spot on because, you know, like, I think I think what Manny left out is that if teams... If, if we, for us to win a football match, we've got to score the first goal because we, we, we because what will happen is that once we score the first goal, that's when we're at our, kind of our best where there's just no room to get through. You saw the game against May United. When we got the first goal against May United, there was nothing. You know what I mean? They made, they made their own mistakes where, um, you know, Rashford and um, Greenwood came. Instead of um, being an outlet, they came and try and get the ball and try and run at us. Big mistake. And that's where we where you're right. We may have some chance in the, in the, maybe the first ten minutes to score them, and that's where we've been really angry of um, Lacazette because when he does get those chances, you know he gets some good positions, puts it over the bar, the keeper makes a save he shouldn't save, and then what will happen? Boom, 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 down the other end, boom, goal, first goal, and then we've got we've got to change our game plan because we're not comfortable with um, being on that front foot. Since it, because apparently, you know, everyone thought it was a great idea to play that sort of um, counter-attacking football because it worked in the cup final, it worked in the semi-final at City, and worked in the Community Shield. That that is that is where we're gonna where the game's gonna be won or lost. We'll score the first goal. We're gonna struggle. We really need to be on be on our A game when the chances come. There will be chances because kieran has got a good cross for the ball. You know, blah blah. You know, we play Reese Nelson. He gets in these great little areas. You know, Abamian's got to be at his sharpest. Really, got to be at his sharpest. We need him to put get those um, get his mojo back because right now he seems to be our best source of goals this season. Because once again, goals are not coming from other areas of the pitch, and they're not even from him. It is a massive, massive worry and a great point that when Abamian does not score, neither does anybody else. Um, Alex, I'm going to come to you because I want to ask you this. There's a lot of Arsenal fans yet again, and there's no denying me and Manny have been saying for most of the, this season and last season that we do have the most toxic fan base in the Premier League. But yet again, we're starting to see some of the fans asking for Arteta to go already and get an experience heading. I wanted to ask your opinion on that because from a Wolves fan's point of view, you obviously have no interest in what happens at Arsenal Football Club. But if you was to put your kind of football head on, does Arteta deserve time here nine games into a, a new season? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, he was, he was appointed, what, last, last December? He's not even had a year in charge yet fully. Um, won the FA Cup, Community Shield. Yeah, you can you can look at it and say that okay, he he had to be really pragmatic to to get those results and to get those wins. Perhaps you would even argue, okay, he doesn't really want to play football that way. But I mean, that's that's credit to him that he was able to to go against kind of what he really wants to do to get the results in those games. Look, I think. I think it's a process. I, I think he, he turned up and he arrived in a, a situation where, you know, Emery had completely lost the ship and, and he had to he had to really steady it, which he did, and then he's had to build and 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 make his mark. You know, you've spent quite a decent bit of money on on, on the likes of Gabriel, who is 
very young for a centre half who costs that amount of money. But you know, as I said earlier, he looks worth it. Um, spent money on Saliba, who we haven't seen yet. Um, he's trying to evolve that team. He's trying to bring through the likes of you know Nelson, Saka, and Ketia. Give them more minutes. I think he, he definitely deserves time. Um, I think I think you give him this full season, you see how it ends, see what the football ends like. You know, if if you get to the end of the season and you're finishing eighth and you're not scoring enough goals, then you start questioning it. And then you go into the start of next season, you get you get those first ten games, and it might improve. If it doesn't, then you then the pressure can start being on. But I think pressure pressure on him now is quite ridiculous. He he's from the outside looking in, he's the strength at the moment. You know, I, I think I think he's a he's a good tactician. He's a good man manager. You go into games, and I, I now look at Arsenal like when you went when you went to Old Trafford the other week and got a win. I go into games and I think him. I'd pit him against Solskjaer, and I'm going, yeah. You give the managerial edge to Arteta. He's a better manager. And I think I think a lot of weeks you would give him that managerial edge, and this is this is after less than a year. You give him that edge one v one against an opposition manager, but maybe the team isn't quite as good um and so and so it falls down on what he's trying to achieve um that's that's just my opinion and but i would personally think he's he's doing a job and i, I think you stick with him because he, he's putting a foundation in and you have to believe that the attack will improve and will get better very very wise words um i must admit alex and thank you for that manny let's come to you um one wolves player that you would like to see from their squad in this current Arsenal team? Who would you pick and why? Oh, that is a tough one. That is a tough one. I would, I would take a few, but I like Pedro Neto myself. You know, okay. I think he's a good little, I think he's a good little player that would develop, you know, into something special. And I think that I think he would improve us in that front three for sure. So I'd say Pedro, Pedro Neto. And to go back to Alex's point quickly about Arteta. Yeah, sure. Remember, these are fundamentally flawed players. Remember, they can't do the things that you ask of them. And remember, they have it in them to down tools. They've done it with Emery and they are starting to do it again with Arteta. There is nothing wrong with constructively criticising Arteta for what he is and what he is not doing. There's no, there's no problem with that because as fans, we should. But screaming Arteta out after 10, 11 months, that to me is idiotic. We need to move on from that nonsense, mate. But yeah, Pedro Neto, bro. I think that's a wise choice. Kenny, same question to you. If you could pick any Wolves player to put into this Arsenal side to improve it, then who would you go with and why, Ken? Conor Cody. Good shout. Conor Cody. Um, what's happening is that I've never seen anyone, you know, a footballer who can actually organise a defence. Yeah. This, this, is, this, is, this is when I used to watch um, Adams play. He, he was an organiser. He told people where to go. And he, he, and he wasn't just by shouting, but the examples. Well, John Terry as well. When I see, when I, when I saw Wolves on Monday, I thought, you know what? I just noticed Conor Cody out playing because there were certain times when Southampton were getting these areas where they were getting at your back four, you know, getting behind. You know, Walcott was making those runs. You know, what's happening is that you know your back three is getting dragged out of position. I thought that when that Conor Cody was on the field. Because you'd be saying, I want you there. I want you there. He smells danger. You know what I mean? It's a very pessimistic. 
he's like a, a defender should be. He's pessimistic. He thinks the worst is going to happen. And that's why, and I think if we had someone like Conor Cody at the club, I think he'll, I think I'll, I'll say, don't give Kieran Tierney the captaincy, give it to him. Because I think he'll be, I think he's exactly what we need. And I, and I can just imagine Conor Cody getting these people by the ear and saying, look, do you play for Arsenal Football Club? You know, we're not, I'm here to win. I haven't won anything in my career and I'm at a big club and I'm going to make the most of it. You know, you're either with me or you're out. Man, you like to do a colour code. Sorry, Alex. Because, <laughs> but, you know, you look at Maguire, brilliant player, good defender, smells danger, but is he a colour code? You're not organiser. I'll leave that to you, Alex. Well, I think no, it's Kenny, no, hold, hold on, hold on. I'm, Go no, on, I'm going to disagree. Man. I'm going to disagree with you, Kenny, man. Maguire is not a good Maguire, footballer. Yeah. Maguire is a he is a donkey. He is a donkey. <laughs> you think he's a donkey? In order, he is a donkey, Kenny. He was he was a good player for England in the World Cup, and he, he was Le, a Leicester, a Leicester. And I think he can still. I think he can still be a good defender. He's got all the fundamentals to succeed as a defender. Unfortunately for him, he's a, he's got a club where the pressure is just insurmountable. You know what I mean? No, no, Kenny. He can't play football. Of course he can play <laughs> football. He can't play football. Of course he can play football. He can't play I'm football. Not that. No, because He's if you see player. what Gabriel does, you will have Gabriel over Maguire any day of the week. Why can't they play together? I think he's a good player. That's a horrible defensive partner for Gabriel. <laughs> what is it? Somebody can dominate the ball, dominate the ball, and can really, really you, 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 you got to realize you could not put his Man United form as a, as a barometer. Everyone, okay, let's, okay, for, for let's talk about his England you know, form. Let's talk made, about his England yeah. form. It's let's talk about his England form. form. Oh, right, you know, oh, yeah, you, all you can do is spend half of it. Of course, he was crap. One game, one game, Kenny Maguire is crap. Yeah, where was he? Anyway. Where was he making those tackles, Kenny? He's trash. He is a He's terrible footballer. Hey, he is few, in an we got, era we got that a doesn't few allow for players Maddie, like him. Maddie, we got a few of them at our club. Let's let's just try. And I wouldn't have Harry Maguire ahead of some of them. Trust me, that's another donkey. Like, uh, well, <laughs> I would God. not have. Rick, I would not hey. have Harry Maguire ahead of David Luiz in my team. Hell no. You know, Alex, that's an accident ready to happen, man. Alex, even get to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I love it though. I love the debate because I'm, I'm, I'm with Manny. I'm not a massive fan of Harry Maguire at all. Uh, but Kenny makes some points, and it's a good debate. Alex, I want to come with a couple of things there. Uh, there's two questions there, really. Would you have Harry Maguire ahead of some of the Arsenal centre halves, Gabriel, for example? Uh, and I want to concentrate after you've answered that quickly on Conor Cody, because I believe personally it's really harsh that he has not got enough caps for England, because I believe he is one of the best that we have uh, seen in a long time, and we are not filled with a lot of talent at the back there. So I'm going to ask you those two questions before I come to an Arsenal player that you'd like to have in the Wolves side, if I may, mate. Yeah, sure. Uh, I, I, how do I get this across without getting Manny's wrath? Uh, <laughs> why isn't that bad? He, now, I would never have him over Gabriel. Watching, watching the two. But if he was, if he was your second choice defender, you know, I'd, I think I, I would have him over Holding. Yep, I think I'd have him over Louise. Um, I think, I think the only one I wouldn't have him over is Gabriel. He'd, he'd be the the choice out of all all the combined Man United Arsenal defenders. Even at this early stage in his Arsenal career, he'd be the one that I would 
I would choose. Um, as for as for Cody, I think Kenny made a great point. Everything he said about him, absolutely spot on. And and the game the other night, it was so noticeable that he wasn't playing. Uh, the defence just looked that little bit more shaky without him. There were gaps appearing. Um, it was so noticeable. And and the weird thing is that he's he's played in defence now for for the three three and a bit seasons since Nuno arrived. And before then, he'd never really done it. Um, he came to us as a central midfielder, and and if you ever watched him in in central midfield in the championship, you'd you'd have never pictured him as a Premier League defender because his career wasn't really going anywhere higher than that. Um, it got to the stage the season before we were the season before Nuno arrived, he was filling in at right back. Um, he was filling in at right back. Matt Doherty was playing at left back, and we were an absolute mess. Um, <laughs> But but since Nuno came, I don't, you know whatever he saw in him, um, which you know looking back now is the leadership skills, the ability to read a game from the back, the ability to to organise and to get everybody in line with him. Um, he is very much uh, somebody that that players will follow. Uh, Declan Rice gave an, an interview the other day about um, leaders in dressing rooms that have really impressed him. Now that he's West, now that he's wearing the West Ham captain's armband when Noble doesn't play. Like who do you try and pick pick tips off? And he's only been in a couple of dressing rooms with Cody, but he instantly just said it. Said Connor Cody's one of the best leaders I've I've ever played with, you know. And and I think that is testament to Cody himself. He's really, really kicked on, made himself uh, an integral part of our team playing free at the back. He drags people in, he he organizes, he talks, he, you know, you, these these stadiums now with no fans in, he's the voice you hear. He does not shut up for 90 minutes um, and he's absolutely been terrific I think personally he's one of your better players and one of your leaders it's clear to see but Alex is on a roll I'm going to ask you before we wrap up with predictions what Arsenal player you would have in this Wolves side mate um, it's a good one because there's a, there's a few that I would take you know you take a Bamiyang every day of the week Um through his goals, his belief. I'd take Gabriel, I'd take Tierney. Uh, I think the one that I would take above all others, and I know he's only been there five minutes, but it is party. Um, he is just absolutely outstanding. You know, his pedigree is, is there for all to see. But he can he can do everything in that midfield, and he is he's got the athleticism that we kind of lack a little bit. Um when when Matinho and Neves play together, we lack a little bit of legs, and that's why Dendonk has been been so important and so key because there were a few games where he wasn't in the lineup, and and the midfield just couldn't really get around the pitch enough, and they got picked off a little bit. Um, but he's our legs. Party would bring that, but he brings the technical ability as well. Um, so he he would be the one that if I, if I had to pick any Arsenal player right now, he'd be the one that I'd take. Fair play, a great player and one that we really need back and hope to keep fit consistently. If you ask me now who I want as a Wolves player, I actually wouldn't take uh, either of the lads' choices uh, because I am so fed up of Lacazette that I would put Raul Jimenez straight into that side. This guy, no more excuses for me. Lacazette, I don't want him to play on Sunday. I believe he's going to, but this is why I was so happy Balogun uh, 
played and scored on Thursday because we just need something different. If it's not going to be a Bamiyang through the middle, for whatever reason, it don't seem to be uh, preferred for Arteta, although it was against Leeds and he didn't do that well, then just play someone else. I don't want to see Lacazette. I'd take Raul Jimenez any day of the week. And I actually really like the player. I think he's a great, great guy. Uh, okay, predictions. Kenny, Ken, let's come to you first. What is your prediction for Sunday, please? Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit in the fence here. I'm gonna say two one, but I can't I'm not, I can't I can't say who two. Oh, Ken, come on, man, come you know, on, man. You, you, Be brave, you know, Ken. You know, Ken. You know, you, all right, whoever scores the first goal is gonna win it, and if it's uh, if it's Wolves. Alex is going to be a very happy man. It's just a, it's just a shame that he's in tier three and he can't go out to the pub to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, man, these tears, we are all going to be in tears. I tell you that. Whoever wins football games and it can't be there are always in tears. That's for sure. Okay, do one for yourself. Manny, coming to you, bro. What's the prediction for yourself? See, Kenny is showing that same kind of indecisiveness as Harry Maguire in defence, but <laughs> two left feet and no decisions, man. I bet you you fear this game as well. You want... <laughs> I fear every game Arsenal play, man. I'm not confident in any game Arsenal play. I'm a realist when it comes to making these predictions, man. So I'm going to go 2 1 with the, you know, 2 1 to the boys because we need to win this game. And I was looking at the comments. As, as you know, we were having discussion. Somebody in there said that Ozil was the only choice for captain. <laughs> stop smoking. <laughs> what? Wasn't it? Colin Campbell. Yes. To stop smoking wherever it is you're smoking, mate. Enough of that. Yeah. Enough. Two one to the boys. <laughs> oh my words! I do not want to see that comment. I tell you that I'm not even going to scroll through and look at it. Jesus Christ! What is wrong with our fan base? Uh, okay, I'm going to go with my prediction last after Alex. Alex, what do you think is going to happen on Sunday? What's your prediction, mate? Uh, I think a draw. I mean, I think it's a tight one. I, I, I think I'd take a point as well. I think it'd be a decent result for us to keep things. Alex, keeping over. what are you doing, mate? We're not all that, mate. Which we're bad. Seriously, yeah, we're, you, you, seriously, you're doing yourself a disservice. But we, we really, we really don't score enough, though. You know, do with the It's not like it's not like you know when when Villa turned up at your place and and they've got goals in them, but they concede. We're we're the complete opposite end of the scale. We're just so organised. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think one one. I just can't see. Fair enough. Um, do you know what? On the back of that, that is a nice segue for me because I've been saying that this is the prediction I feel that I am going to be correct about and have been for a while. Personally, I think this is going to be a nil-nil draw because neither team are scoring loads of goals. Neither team look to me that they're going to leak to two or three goals. So I'm going to go nil-nil. And I can't say that from the Leeds game, I've seen much change in the change of formation or style. We're still fluffing our lines. We're still not creating enough. We are creating chances, but not enough. And when we do create chances, we seem to mess them up. I mean, we've got people in Lacazette's missed so many, or Bamiyang's missing. Saka, who I love, by the way, is missing chances. So we need to start finishing our dinner. Otherwise, we're going to be drawing a lot of games and losing a lot of games. So I'm going to go for a prediction of nil-nil. What well, I hope it isn't quite as boring as that sounds. Let's just say it that, put it that way. Um, these Sunday night games as well, boys. I don't know about you. 7.15 kickoffs on a Sunday. We've lost it's to awful. Leicester at home. 
Oh dear, it's I can't get up for it. Yeah, we have, we have to wait all day and watch two donkeys in Chelsea and Tottenham play football before we see our team play. It's a travesty, man, but it is what it is. We have to deal with it, man. We do have to deal with it, man. We do have to. And uh, yeah, this is going to be a tough fixture for me. I don't think it's going to be pretty to watch from either side. So yeah, nil-nil prediction from myself. Alex, thank you so, so much for coming on, man. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, really good to hear your insight from not just Wolves' perspective, but also an Arsenal perspective. Always difficult to come on an opposition's podcast, but you've smashed it, man. Thanks very much for coming on. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. Now, more than welcome. We'll do a reverse fixture in uh, in the next few weeks and uh, get you back on if that's okay with you. Yeah, cool. Look forward Good to man. it. Top man. I've got to come over next and thank my man, Kenny Ken. It's been a pleasure for having you back on, man. And there was great debate with you and Manny. I think everyone's enjoyed that, man. Well, I've enjoyed it a lot. I think, man, I think, Manny, I think Manny's just looked at Man United's form. He's looked at Maguire's form. Yeah. If, if Maguire was, if Maguire was, if Man United <laughs> paid £40 million pounds for Maguire, I think the you know, the rubbish, the thing that called him rubbish and a donkey, I think that, I think he'd probably call him a horse. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a price tag that's, um, that made Manny sort of jump up because what is Kenny saying? No, he is rubbish, <laughs> Kenny. We're not going to go over this anymore, man. He's a donkey. We're not doing this. <laughs> 80, 80 million has nothing to do with it, man. It's pay 40 million for him to pay 39.9 million did you, too did you much. Rate him? Did, you, did you rate him when he was at Leicester? No. Because I see him what at the he World is. Cup in 18, 2018. Again, this is a player who is an old school player in the modern game. He can't play football. You can't ask Harry Maguire to pick up that ball and run 50 yards. He can't run two yards. This guy's a donkey. Get him. No. No, come on! I'm going to what, debate what you, this what, what, with you. What, 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 what do you want defenders to do? What do you actually want I'm, them to do? Not be does Harry he, Maguire. Not be Harry <laughs> Maguire. So you want them to be Beckenbauer and uh, Mark Lawrence and Alan Hansen? Ain't possible, but, mate. They're one. They're one in a million defenders. Those are gone, Kenny. Those days are gone. <laughs> yeah, you need to man. be able to play football nowadays, man. Harry Maguire can't True. play football. So we've got this debate. We've got this debate. Like, Do you know, what? I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you have this debate on Ask Bros. I'll tell you that now, uh, which hands me nicely over to my my last panelist, Mariah Man. He's here every Friday with me, and we love him, Manny. Thank you very much, bro. No, thank you, man. If you want to hear more of, of myself and then, you know, parts arguing and then me and my brothers arguing over there, ours brothers, we do the ours brothers extreme on Wednesdays. You know, we do our monthly show. I don't know when we're doing our next monthly show. We have the Friday preview show happening right now over on Facebook. So go ahead and support my boy Scunny. Parts, as always, thank you for having me, man. It's been a blessed one. I need to get out of this tub now, bro. So you guys have yeah, a good man. evening, man. Listen, I'll tell you what, uh, a podcast in the bath is a first. I'll tell you that, Manny. Absolute top marks for doing that, bro. Uh, everyone needs to come he, over. At least he's warm. He is warm. He is warm. And he's chilled. <laughs> well, sort of. Well, sort of. Uh, I'm mixing Harry Maguire. <laughs> that's it, mate. That's it. Don't mention Harry Maguire and you're all good. Uh, thanks to everybody in the chat. Thanks, Nigel, for moderating. Thank you all for watching. Please head over to the Ask Brothers. Watch uh, Scunny on the Friday night preview. Check out Wednesday's show with myself, Manny, Scunny and Max talking about our front four. Uh, really good podcast. Really worth chatting and, uh, and, and checking out. So please head over there. And Kenny, we'll get you on to Ask Bros and we can do some more debating. Until then, we will see you all next time. Only one thing to say. Up the Arsenal. Up the Arsenal. Go on, Alex. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.